Love and hate can never be friends. Oh no, oh no. Here I come with love and not hatred. Show the goodness and mercy shall follow I all the days of my life. Envy no one. What, 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 what is good? This is the Black Russian Podcast, believe it or not, episode 47 with Tian Buku One. And I'm Yula. Yeah, it's been a minute. Last it's been a minute. Week. I almost said I am 47 years old, but I'm not. No, not 47. I guess the last time we did the podcast, nope, so you weren't 47 then either. I wasn't 47 then either. <laughs> either. <laughs> yes. It's been a while that I was yes. 47 and you're not yet 47. So. No. All right, not celebrating any of that. No, we did, last episode I checked was 46, we did it in April. So we're, yeah. we're, we're kind of in the swing of the first trimester of COVID. <laughs> Yeah, we were like a month in. Yeah. We felt like we were we were veterans. We were settled in. Little did we know. Yeah, there's a whole there's we layers to this. Yeah. Layers to this game. So we are here. We are back. We've been living. We've been doing the thing. So we'll get into it. Yoda's got a lot on her plate. I just want to say it off. This podcast does not advocate any one particular relationship style over another. I don't care. We don't care if you're monogamous, polyamorous, any other form of word, definition, template of love that you fit in. We advocate honesty, clarity, empowerment, truth. Um, We don't advocate anything that's possessive, that's oppressive, that is motivated out of fear. So although the guys and the focus of our podcast is through relationships outside of ourselves, we always want to make sure that everyone is clear about all this is about the relationship within ourselves and how it reflects on everything else we do. Um, The solution and the problems rely within us that are affecting our relationships. So with that being said, let us get straight into it. I mean, it's a lot going on, but how you been? You've been the last since April. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be like, uh, I mean, all of us riding waves. The first three months were easier after the first three. M- I think July was an interesting month because that's when we all realized that this is going to last a lot longer. Right. And even though there isn't a lot of things that I would normally do. Right that we're not doing now but the realization that the life is limited right that's an interesting one that's that's a heavy one yeah and uh, and uh limited with no like end in sight i think in march when we all got into this groove and we were like okay we can do this till june and then june came and we're like oh 
anytime now and then everything changed and now we don't have an end date that's the july was was a interesting month for that right yeah wasn't it like it seemed i don't even the timeline is all blurry now but <clears throat> well fourth of july right no i know when july is <laughs> what national <laughs> holidays are in july i'm just saying like you know from march to say the june-ish it was like okay we all hunkered down and then slowly started june we started seeing phase one phase right. two and it made it seem like it was oh okay we're rolling back right. in and then as we started seeing that we started realizing that the reason why p things were opening up or not because things were getting better right and then it fully got to like the final phase of opening fully open and then critical mass hit the yeah. you know and just <laughs> so now it's just in this weird place but yeah so what would you say um one of the most enjoyable things that you've had in your life within yourself doing whatever um since since april during coviticus just having time like having time and having all of us at home without rushing is pretty amazing like not having to be anywhere in particular right uh, only having to be where I tell myself I have to be. Like the other night, you asked me, like, do you have to get up at 7? Like, right. do you? I'm like, well, duh, I have to work out, and then I have to start work at, like, by 9. You, right. You're like, uh, do you have to? Like, only because I tell myself I have to. Right. Uh, so, you know, and just, just literally being at home with, with the kids and you and having a lot of time. Right. You know, has been the most enjoyable. Right. And what would you say has been the most challenging part? Like, what, what bumps you hit? Same. Being at home <laughs> <laughs> with all of you. <laughs> you know, I think uh, the bumps are all mental. Like, the bumps are all internal. Right. They're not external at all. Well, what would be some of an internal uh, bump? Internal example? bumps are, like, feeling uh, confined feeling limited in uh, moving right feeling not having uh, not not getting hugs and giving hugs right yeah that's I mean that that's a big one and I'm you know 20 years ago when we met 25 I was not a hugger right even five years ago I was not a hugger right but now it's like what what like right you were just getting into your your full hug flare yeah, in the last two, getting two years, my two years hug flare and uh it's it's not there that's a that's a hard one yeah yeah I was talking to a good friend about that just how you know pre-covid how you know she would hug everybody I mean yeah. I, you know you know when you meet somebody you're like I'm a hugger yeah and you come in and hug and just you know, hugging was such this thing we took for granted, but it's such a way to um, communicate a richness of vibe, um, and it cre it adds ease and de-stresses. You know? Right. It's like it opens up a connection. Yeah. Like when you're open for a hug, you're open to a person. Right. And not, I mean, and and that's to people you don't know, and you know, people that you do know. It's reconnecting. It's right. it's just exchanging a warm vibe. It's. Uh, and you know, I miss it. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's a fascinating one. You know. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, you start missing things that you normally don't pay attention to. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's real. I mean, you know, like probably the last time our podcast, we we're just like, yeah, dude, it's so. I mean, it's crazy, but there's so many good things that we get to do. 
um, you know, especially like thinking like as a professional and a mom, like, you know, there hasn't been a time where you haven't been able to, where you have been able to do this amount of pace, um, slow, focus on your crafts, your time, your right. sleep. So, you know, it's a super blessing for a lot of, um, you know, parents, moms, um, just people who've been working and hustling and grinding. Right. And I can feel myself re- <coughs> recreate, creating a whole a new groove right. of hustle. And I think that's dangerous. <laughs> right. Because, like, if I'm not careful, I catch myself and... I'm like, oh, I'm sleepy. I didn't get enough sleep. But why? Like, uh, technically, I should be able right. to. But, you know, my groove is already set. Like, my whole new right. train that that keeps me going. Uh, so it's an interesting balance. You know, on one hand, I like having my routine. Right. And I like doing things that I do. Like, everything that I do now, uh, other than having some unpleasant work conversations, which I can't avoid, right. you know, it's basically everything else I enjoy doing. Right. Yeah. My my flow has been like an accordion. Yeah. You know, a slow moving accordion, not like a, <laughs> but just like you know, we first got into it. It's like okay, you know, tighten up, stick to your routine. You know, just maximize the routine. Like right. now, you can just do, but you know, get up on certain times, get dressed, go to the office that we have here. Uh, I'm going to work on this on these days. I'm going to work on this on these days. And boom, 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 boom. You know, and then, okay, I was like, all right, that's cool. And then, like, you know, the second trimester was like, and just like, <laughs> you don't have to. Sleep well, you, you went, want. You went Stay up through late a, if you want. Yeah, you went through a personal crisis yeah. of sorts. So, you know, which one are you talking about? I'm forgetting which crisis oh. about. Well, you know, when, when you were like, I should be doing more, but I'm not. But why am I feeling this? But oh, yeah. how am that's I, a, you know? That, that's like on, ongoing, but that probably hit more. And right. that's like the third trimester. I think we're getting into the fourth right now, I'd say, if we're just breaking it down. So the first wave was like, you know, have a regimen, do your thing. And then the, the second regimen was like, well, okay, loosen up. You don't have to. Like, don't stress yourself out because you have to right. do these things. There's no rush and then so i've gotten a no rush and then when you loosen up you exhale which is cool but then you also feel a little disoriented because now you have this amoebic schedule right and you don't have your i don't like at all right so i did that for a while and i'm kind of coming out of that a little bit because i'm like it was kind of like okay this is cool but it's kind of getting weird so i need to start maybe i'll start implementing some more like schedule things i'm trying to do um but yeah, the ongoing thing of like, there's always been a motor in me from very early that I have to be uh, materially producing, like to where it's seen in the world. Like I have okay. to be, you know, building something that I can, that people can see. There has to be a way of generating more revenue and more revenue and showing that. I have to be making moves like tours and videos and DJing here and, and all these things. And so I have this built in taskmaster that always keeps me like, yo, you ain't, man, what's up? And it's been it's it's been good for most of my life, but then, you know, as I'm trying to shift my definition of success over the last seven years, and then this time it's like, yo, like you could play it back a little bit. The things that I'm doing now, like DJing on Instagram and the crates, hip hop battles, and and even printing shirts, like it's not about building something that's going to become some maximum profit machine. Right. But it's it's hard to remind that part of my brain, like, look, we're not doing this. To cake up, right? You know, like we're not doing hand-printed shirts one at a time to bubble. Like it's just not the you know 
but just just doing it for cultural currency fun and hopefully generate enough revenue to keep up with keep buying shirts and right. buying I mean, I ink mean, and shit. You know, my my current estimate is that you between you and Aaron, you're breaking even. Right. And that's fine. Right. You're paying for your own entertainment and feel good and and right. spreading the good vibes. So yeah. you're breaking even. So it's just you know trying to just get into that. Yeah, that's pace, interesting. Like my my thing is. I need the schedule and I need the routine, right. but I don't need to produce for the outside world to see. Right. I need to produce for myself. Right. Like I, no one knows if I'm on schedule or not, or like right. no one has ever known. <laughs> but I know, right. like one day of off schedule, and I'm like, oh, I don't like this. Let right. me let me change this. Yeah. So yeah, that's the flow. Like mine is like you know, it's, I try to keep it like breath, like you know, inhale as long as I need to inhale. And then when I get all my tightness and my flow, exhale when I need to exhale. Yeah. So I'm not holding my breath in, but exhale just enough. I need to get loose. If I want to like rock out and stay up a little later one night and play like four extra games of Madden, <laughs> you know, like if I'm up till two or three, it's okay. You know, right. and then, you know, so as opposed to just like task match, like you have to, you know, cause that energy of just like feeling guilty or feeling pressured is like something that we're so used to in our society of work and career that it almost feels weird not to have that that we implemented on ourselves that pressure of schedule and deadline and all these things like that it's like if you don't have to have it you don't need it but it's such a part of like the balanced diet of life like some people need to have some level of like crunch time or anxiousness or pressure um, for better or for worse to feel normal you know because a lot of the things that we we deem normal in our lives before COVID. There's a lot of good things that we deem normal. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that are probably unhealthy, right? Like mm -hmm. never getting a chance to really sit still, not having time to do some of the things you really want to do. You know, only having a limited time to do certain things you love. You know, and now it's like, and it's like, but I I'm used to this feeling, even though it's not good for me. I wish for days where I could just kick back. And now it's like, kick back. It's like, oh, shit. I don't know if I'm going to kick back. You know, that like, so. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just like with everything in life, there's a good balance, right? Like yeah. the, the answer is in, in a balance. The balance is individual for us all. And it's different in, at different times. Yeah. Even my parents are like, even my mom's learning how to, like, kick back. And sometimes I'll call in the afternoon and she's resting. I'm like, oh, look at that. Right. <laughs> you can actually do that. Right. At, at 74 years old, you can actually decide to rest in the middle of the day. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And here's to, you know, people that have been busting their ass working all day, you know, just 24, you know, 24 chasing the damn kids, chasing the kids, chasing the job, balancing everything out. The grandmas, the mamas, the people who like, you know, in their 40s, 50s and 60s and 70s, who probably never had this amount of time to just at ease. Um, for those of you guys who have those people or you are those people, you know, this is a silver lining. And, it, you know, it's, it's kind of good that we're grateful that we have the time. Hopefully well, we can find but, it too you, know, you know, like we have that time. Our kids are old enough to where we don't have to spend time with them right now we don't put a lot of like they I like I told you the other day I've realized now I receive I get more from kids than I give right. it's the first time in my life right. which is a freaking harvest. amazing <laughs> but you know lots of people the kids are little you actually 
COVID or no COVID, COVID's made it worse. There yeah. is no daycare. Right. So, you know, as we're sitting here, like, you know, talking about the difficulty of having too much time on our hand, right. on our hands, I mean, there's lots of people that don't. And right. I mean, that's the real stress of right. how do you find the balance there? Right. And that's a whole other sect that, yeah. we, that we're not, I'm not, we're not negating them. I was no. just giving props to folks who get a chance to really enjoy breathing after spending 20, 30 years of just grinding. And then, you know, for our folks who not only did COVID uh, stop your normal flow, but it increased your amount of activity that you have to handle and navigate with work and kids. And, and decreased and, personal and decreased, time. Decreased personal time and stuff like that, you know. We definitely feel for you guys. And there's a, there's a whole other set of challenges that come yeah. along with that and silver linings, which... As you know, they'll probably be harder to find in certain stages. But the bottom line is, everybody's having a very different uh, version of this. One thing it's doing for all of us, I'd say, is it's really shining lights on parts of our relationship with ourselves and others that we may have overlooked through the the, the, the privilege of being busy, um, of being able to move freely somewhat. You know? Yeah, I think that like through this time we're not creating uh, new personality traits, right. right? But we're seeing seeing them come out more. Like if you're calm, you're calmer. Right. If you're not calm, you're probably less, even less calm. Right. You know, if you're anxious and you need people in your life, you now need more people. Like that right. need is more urgent. Right. You know, if you're a hermit, you're probably super happy. So. Like this time is not creating new. Right, it's just emphasizing it. It's and emphasizing trying, yeah. it. So, you know, whatever difficulties come out of this in relationships, I feel like they come out because uh, these traits are being highlighted. Yeah. Yep, it is a, is a fast, it's a, you know, if we look at it, that every, every situation and circumstance is an opportunity to learn and to grow. Um, and to learn more specifically about ourselves, how we function um, in our environments, how we create environments, micro environments, so to speak, like, you know, like we were talking about in the last episode, like, if you're an optimistic person and you build your life to create nourishment to stay optimistic, it doesn't mean you're oblivious to the negative. It's just you work harder to maintain that level of, of optimism so you can function through all of this. You know, and that's like with me, some of people who I hadn't, I hadn't talked to in a while, like, man, how you doing? Like, you know, social media looks like you're doing great. And I'm like, well, I'm doing pretty much the same difference I was before, but due to COVID and all this uh, racist, racial injustice flaring up, it just takes way more energy and way more nourishment to be this way. But I'm always going to try to be this way because I need to be this way to create the life that I need to live. Now, it'll be harder some days than others, yeah. but I'm not gonna give up due to an out, outside circumstance if I have a choice. Um, but it's not easy. You know, sometimes, some days it's really easy. Right, some, some days, days you naturally ooh, wake up happy, and other yeah. days you're like, yeah. uh, what is this? Yeah, but you know, like we're saying, if you track your arc of, of your moods, yeah. pre-COVID yeah. and during COVID, I bet you they're pretty similar yeah like even with deja like you know 12 yeah. year old girl like yeah. we thought oh you know her ups and downs well but then you step back you're like yeah but she had the same ups and yeah. downs so, before yeah. she will have them after yeah. and uh 
it's uh, yeah, it's it's probably there's a layer uh, added there yeah. due to the limitation of of social interactions. But then there's probably a layer of good there yeah. due to limited social interactions. Yeah. So, but it's all in, in the bottom line feels like it's always root to the fruit. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, like you take you take Deja, you know, she had her extreme lows and her extreme highs and. We could say, if we're just looking at it from the outside, oh, school, the new middle school and all the right. new people is stressful or this is stressful. But then you take her out of that right. and she has days that are high, days that are low. Right. And so what, what it's or reminding hours that are or high. Hours, yeah, hours. Luckily, she doesn't go days. <laughs> but, you know, the moral of it is, is like most of us, our root of how we feel and what we transmit um, over a period of 30 days will reflect some whatever variance of highs and lows we have. It's probably going to be right. very similar because we're grab we're saying yes to things that are familiar to yeah. us and if stress and anxiety and worries are familiar to us we'll we'll gravitate to those especially in in uncertain times we look for comfort and certainty and familiarity yeah. more than we do happiness yeah which is you know so, so that kind of yeah. leads me right into what I wanted to talk about let's go see we weren't planning on it <laughs> nope uh, our comforts and how we think we're supposed to feel you know like where do we want to spend most of our time in being happy right uh, which is great but what happens when we don't feel happy you know I think we talked about this before and you know the reason why I, I wanted to bring this up and actually like dig into it is because you know, things come up periodically and a lot of the times they lead to, and they come up usually in conversations about uh, non-monogamous relationships right. and the triggers that that structure usually hit. Right. Uh, and usually it's high level of discomfort, personal, very personal discomfort. Right. Whether it's fear whether it's insecurity, whether it's jealousy, emotions uh, ride very high. And those are considered to be negative. So what happens is uh, we want to fix them right away. Right. Right? And then, uh, you know, like through conversations over the years, through feeling it myself, through you feeling it, you know, we can feel the pull and the urgency that is those feelings create to fix it. Right. To fix it overnight. To fix it in a way that will not trigger. Right. And I wanted to talk about that because as I started thinking about, you know, why do we feel this way? Why do we look for a quick fix? Uh, it is not, uh, like non-monogamous relationships don't create this situation. Right. Like non-monogamous relationships don't create any situation right. that is not there already. Right. They just highlight what we already have. Right. And, you know, in monogamous structure, a lot of those triggers, we can say don't get hit, but right. don't get hit in such an obvious way. They're masked. There's a sense of security when you assume someone's always going to be in a certain place in a certain time. Right. And they're never going to subject you to levels of their freedom or growth that will make you feel uncomfortable. And, you know, as we go into this, I always 
you know, in case you're the first time listening to our podcast, um, the, the, the assumption is that non-monogamy triggers a lot of things because it's just not a healthy thing. It's just a chaotic, you know, free-for-all. Right. And the reality is it can be whatever the humans who are involved in it are. But in, in essence, non-monogamy or open is, the essence is each person has the freedom to be who they are, grow as they grow, expand as they expand, connect with whom as they choose. The commitment people have in non-monogamy is just non-material based, like your mind, you know, structure based. The goal is to have the, the, the commitment to be on how we move and trust each other decision making and how we communicate, not a possessive like you can't do this, you shouldn't do that. The challenge is as much as we like freedom ourselves, it is very destabilizing to empower someone you're really close to with their freedom because you don't know what their freedom is going to look like. You don't know how they're going to grow, how they're going to retract. And their growth may put you face to face with a lot of your insecurities, fear of being alone, fear of being replaced, fear of not being good enough, and so on and so forth. So when she's talking about, you know, non-monogamy, during non-monogamy, a lot of these things get triggered. It's not because non-monogamy is just this wild shit. It's just non-monogamy gives a person the freedom to move freely, more freely than they would right. in a monogamous so, relationship. Because in monogamy, right, like you have this layer level of security, as we say. Right. And if you run into something that... Uh, that violates the monogamous pact morally you feel you have the right to blame the other person right because they violated it right so although you get triggered you get a quick fix of blaming your feeling on the other person and that's built into the monogamous structure right in non-monogamy i think well you feel the same feelings right they get triggered Technically, everything is allowed unless, you know, you have a rule and, and, and your partner has broken it. Right. Uh, but we're not talking about, we're to- just talking about, you know, you, you're in an open relationship, your partner, uh, you know, meets somebody and they start dating and they like each other. All of this is, you know, goes right. so far so good, right? But it's already triggering uh, or can be right. and often is. Uh, and then without thinking we can fall back into because we all came from the monogamous state of mind we all grew up with it our kids are not like our kids in particular are not so next generations will have less and less of that of the built-in monogamous monogamous preset preset, but because we all grew up with it you know once we get triggered we revert subconsciously to the monogamous way of solving the problem, which right. is to blame the other person. Right. And that's why as soon as I feel insecure, as soon as I feel jealous, as soon as I, which is a whole separate conversation because right. I hate that word, right. which as soon as I feel scared, my first reaction, and I'm saying mine because I think, you know, I have felt it. Right. You have felt it. Everyone, most people have felt it. Mm-hmm. The first knee jerk is to go and blame the other person. Right. Because, of course, like, I, how can it be my, like, wh- it's not my responsibility. Right. They are causing this to happen to me. Right. 
And because this is a very uncomfortable feeling, and we're not used to feeling uncomfortable, right. we're told that we are supposed to feel happy as much as we possibly can. Right. The knee jerk is to act quickly to fix it, and the fix is to blame the other person. Right. Now, because we are in a non-monogamous relationship, that means we're already kind of a little more evolved. So maybe we're not going to blame them directly because we know we don't have a the, a, le- the, a, legal, the moral legal moral grounds, to grounds to, but we're going to do it in a passive aggressive way. Right. We're not going to tell them, hey, listen, how could you? You hurt me. You like this person too much. I don't want you to go out with them again. We know that that's going to sound crazy. Right. But we're going to be like, oh, well, you didn't, of course you didn't do this because you were so busy, you know, right. hanging out with that. Or, or you know, like why that, that kind of, why are the here? dishes still here? Oh, because you were out, of course. Right. You know, and that turns into this game. And that's not fun for anyone. Right. You know, but as I was thinking about it, like the root is not in us being bad people. Right. Um, just not being conditioned to sit in uncomfortable yeah. feelings um, for a long period of time. And I'll add to, you know, the, the non-monogamy evolved thing is like, you know, the assumption is that if you've chosen non-monogamy, you've evolved beyond the need to possess and control people. The reality is people will opt in to this not doing the homework and not doing the work because it is more work. You're managing more energy, more people, which will then make you have to manage more of your own emotions because you will constantly be faced with something you can't control over and over again. The person you're with may end up meeting somebody and really hitting it off. And that person is the epitome of your fear of the alpha male. Right or your fear of the alpha female, right? right? Like she may be younger or he may be stronger or he may be, you know, like you can't control that. Yeah. So you're subjected to these things um, that will trigger you. And the reality is a human who has, do, does their work is better equipped to navigate most situations more so than someone who hasn't done their work. You know, the non-monogamy can be used as a label like, I'm non-monogamous, I'm polyamorous, I'm more evolved. The reality is we're all still human and yeah, it, we're it shows in, out in, in these ways. We're all in, in the process of, you know, we're not, no one, uh, no, no one is there. Yeah, none like, of us have all, arrived. None of us have <laughs> arrived. Like, we never will arrive. And we're in the process. And, you know, like... 15 years ago, I was back over there. Mm-hmm. You know, five years ago, I was over there. Now I'm over here. But it's all a process, you know. I mean, I the, my triggers are still the same triggers. Right. You know, my reactions are my reactions. It's how I manage them. That's what I, what's evolving. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot, there's different, a couple of different things to talk here about is, but uh, like when, if, Taking out, uh, taking this uh, need to fix our feelings quickly right. out of the non-monogamous structure and bringing it out into just general life, where do you think it comes from? Yeah, I mean, it obviously it comes from a, a, cons- a, a community of, of things, right? From societal upbringing to how your parents were, how your how you were treated growing up, how you perceive yourself. Um, but it's very common to not uh, have 
uh, understanding and responsibility for your own emotions and thoughts. Right. I think that you know, in in uh, I, where I came from, most people were unhappy. So that was kind right. of like <laughs> the state of mind, which is as dangerous as right. to being constantly happy. Right. You know. Uh, I mean, where I came, I came, I, I lived in the Soviet Union. Life was hard, hopeless. I mean, depending on on your kind of status in the society, right. you know, as a mass, people felt n- there was no hope, there was no way of bettering your life. Right. Life was hard and depressing, and and it was just like so so hardship was normal. Right. You know. Like when we all freaked out because there was no toilet paper, right. that was normal. Like right. absolutely like normal. There was always something that you had to chase after that wasn't there. Like that's that's the norm. And then the first thing that uh, and uh, like people that had visited the states while I was still living there all came back and like they're all idiots. They're always smiling. Like right. they're they're smiling like idiots. Like right. like like right. like like, <laughs> like like demented people. Like literally, that was a serious. That was the one of the strongest impressions. Right. And that was one of the reasons why. It, like like Americans were just stupid. Right. They're just stupid. How can anyone be smiling all the time? They're just stupid. Right. Like they're they're, they're just <laughs> dumb people, you know. And by the time I moved, like I I told you before, the first the two first things. Uh, getting off the plane at JFK was like, why is everyone smiling? Right. And why are there so many obese people? Right. Like obese as in like I'd never seen before. Right, right. You know, so the two things. Right. But the whole smiling thing was like, what the hell? <laughs> right. But, like, you know, it kind of ties into this, like the society, this, this society mm-hmm. conditions everyone to be happy. Right. Which is a great, great premise. Right on its head right <laughs> in general term but the the problem is the 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 motivate the root is like smile regardless yeah so if you're not happy fake it, till you make fake it. it um and you know and that's what the, we have terms now right we have toxic positivity yeah toxic spirituality where yeah. you're you're putting on this mask and you're powering through your emotions and other people's emotions yeah to present happiness without the steps and the roots Without any 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 true grounding, which exactly. is just as toxic as being a, a toxic pessimist, who regardless yeah. of how you feel or anybody feels, you're gonna make sure at the end result everyone feels like shit. Right, you and know? then you know, like I've been reading books about you know like difficult emotions and how they're useful for us. You know, difficult feelings are signals that something in our life is not working and mm-hmm. that needs to change. Instead of going to, you know, and, and not down, downplaying mental health, right. like actual mental uh, serious health issues, right. you know, that's, uh, there's definitely depression that needs to be treated and, and other mental, you know, uh, disorders. But in general, a, ne- a difficult feeling, persistent difficult feeling, feeling unhappy, you know, usually signals that something is not working, it needs to change. Right. It may be a series of small things. Maybe you need to start getting up earlier and, and, and right. maybe getting better sleep and eating better and exercising. Or it could be that you're in the wrong partnership. Right. You're in the wrong job. Right. You know, you need to change something dramatically. Right. And, uh, but you have to think through it. You have to trace what that is. Right. It's uh, the beginning 
of the path to solution is discovery. So once yeah. you get that alert, you know, technically, that's when you start doing inventory, doing research right. to figure out where it's coming from, what the root is. And in our society, it's more like, we'll just take this. Right, take or the just pill. just do this. Yeah. You know, this one thing without dealing with anything in the roots and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, so right. Ahead. I mean, and that's when in a monogamous, in a non-monogamous setting, when we feel triggered and we feel unhappy, we, you know, the first thing is to go and fix it. Right. Fix it by telling our partner that they can't see this particular person. Right. Or that they cannot be out more than once a week. Right. Or, you know, because that makes me feel insecure. Right. Or that makes me feel scared. Or that makes right. me feel jealous. Or, you know, instead of going, huh, why do I feel this way? Right. What is that feeling telling me? Right. Uh, and how is it connected to my partner? Right. Is it even connected to my partner? Usually right. it is not. It's not. Right. right. Yeah, most of the time... When we're with somebody and uh, some series of actions occur that make us feel a, a sort of discomfort, chances are we've probably felt that feeling of discomfort long before them right. throughout our lives and we probably will after. Yeah. Um, but when we're looking just for outer solution to make ourselves feel better right away, we're not willing to go and do that root work um, and so we look for ways to get it out of our systems, preoccupy ourselves. Um, and also, you know, we talk about this a lot. Um, because one feeling is very powerful, like a feeling of dissatisfaction, a feeling of jealousy, a feeling of hurt um, is a powerful feeling. And it's one of the feelings we don't, we can't sit with too long. Right, but the reality is, it's only one of the feelings that we're feeling. It's just the loudest one at that right. time. Right. And I think one of the challenges we have is we identify this feeling as our whole embodiment is feeling this. Yeah. And the reality is, there's probably twenty different emotions, or ten, five, whatever it is, a multitude of different emotions you have and thoughts you're having. But that's the loudest. That's that's like being in a room where you're a teacher. And you have seven kids and one kid is loud very loud all the time it doesn't mean the classroom is loud yeah. all the time and they're all disruptive they're all super hyper there's several there's at least seven different opinions about something but we don't tend to those because we tend to only focus on the loudest one and within ourselves the loudest one is the most the one that's causing the most disturbance discomfort, yeah. and discomfort um yeah no i you know i've learned through the years of figuring out you know what i want to do with my feelings is that the more i do that the more i practice just listening and understanding that you know i'm not gonna die feeling right. this first of all like let's start there right that's not gonna kill me uh so let's just sit with it. The more I do that, the easier it is to hear the other feelings right. and to feel them. And it can it, it it a lot of the times I can feel like two or three layers of feelings. Right. You right. know, I can be generally very balanced and and calm, and I can have a feeling of a very specific anxiety sitting on top of it. Right. But because there is an underlying level of calm that I know is always there right 
it's not that that level of anxiety where before it would be freaking me out. Right. Now it's not because I know that it only has so so much room. Right. And it can only do so much damage. Right. It doesn't. You don't come unhinged and let that person take over. And yeah, and it's you know. So what you're talking about is funny because you know, like I've been processing in the last few days just right. a different dynamic with uh, with a, a a connection I have and. You know, having the knowledge of self and the work and the balance, I know there's a multitude of people in me. Yeah. And I know that this feeling doesn't represent all of me. Yeah. I also know that feeling is a very anxious, very loud feeling. Yeah. So a lot of times, what is the most emotionally, mentally taxing is not that emotion freaking out. It's the rest of me trying to manage this, right. this emotion to stay calm, exactly. to not want to take off until we can balance back and to get into it. <laughs> so right. it's like, you yeah. just hold them like, come on, just, just I hear you, but let's right. not, you know, let's not become Joe Pesci. Let's not need this quick fix. Just, right. you know. Right, so the quick fix is really what, what like is, is uh, the first thing that I talk about when someone comes to me right. with like, oh, I can't handle this. What do, what, what do I do? Right. Uh, you know, I mean, that's one of the most common questions because people come to talk to us as friends or, you know, reach out, find us. People right. like, you know, connect with me on OKC, you know, right. hey, can I ask you a question? <laughs> you right. know, uh, and that's because they are in a highly agitated state of, of being right. because they're triggered mm -hmm. and they're looking for a quick fix. You know, to find right. me on, on OKC and to realize that we do this podcast right. and reach out to me to ask these questions, like, you got to be pretty, pretty, you know, triggered. Right. right. Uh, so we need a quick fix. Right. And the, the funny thing is, so, like, uh, they reach out to you, right, or they come talk to oh, us. Oh, yeah. And then... It's we, an urgent conversation. Right. It's an urgent conversation. <laughs> and then... If they make it to having the conversation um, and we start asking them questions about them that have right. little to do with this, yeah. some of them realize pretty quick that there is no quick fix coming from right. us and, exactly. and it's a lot deeper thing and we're right. going to take you back to your roots. So a lot of them don't follow up and that if the conversation yeah. ends or ends before it starts because... They're looking for a quick fix. They're thinking that we're going to have some magic band-aid. Tell your wife, tell your husband this, just do this. You know, right. and it's not like that. It's like, well, you know, you, you came to me and told me that your harvest of vegetables this year are looking bad. And, I'm, and you think I'm going to be like, well, we're the parasites. But I'm like, no, no, no. So tell me about your roots. Yeah. Tell me about the, what did you plant? Right. You know, did you, yeah. you know. Did, What's did, your purpose? Right. You know, what, what are your skills? What skills are you lacking? Right. Uh, yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to say, that we uh, dial it back to a slow process mm -hmm. slow no it doesn't take weeks it doesn't take months it takes years right so good news is there is a fix bad news is it's a very right. very long process and a lot of times you know i mean i i get frustrated yeah. i'm like i did this again how could you know right. like <laughs> i thought i knew i thought i put so much time and work into this and you're like well it just it's I, you're not you know you needs more time <laughs> needs more work it sucks right it's like you with your madden yeah. you know 
You sit there and You're you like, practice I and know. you freaking practice <laughs> and you know exactly what you're not supposed to do and then one of ten times you do it. You panic, instincts yeah. kick in and you do dumb <laughs> shit and you're like, no, no. Right, but, so yeah. the, I mean the, the point is that we all have these feelings. We're not robots. Right. You know, we were raised, we're all raised in a very, very, very regimented way. Right. We all have this monogamy uh, bullshit system of beliefs coded into us. Right, this Puritan. It's it's rooted. coded. It's hard coded. It is very, very, very hard to get rid of. I don't know that we can in our lifetime. I right. think that our best bet is to learn how to manage it. Right. The best we can. I do not believe that this is a human condition in general. Right. I really believe, like just seeing our children, I really believe that this is an element of imposed structure. Yeah, it's imposed conditioning. Um, and so what we'll do is we'll take a break right now. <gasps> I know, it goes fast. And then we're going to come right back and then we'll get right into, you know, a little bit of what is this imposed structure, monogamy, like what are we talking about specifically and then we'll go into the rest. Right. Bing fair is fair. I know. Once we get started, it's like, damn, that wasn't Jeez, long enough. I'm not halfway through my item one. More bars. <laughs> Black Russian Podcast, episode 47. Bada bing. Yes, we are back to Black Russian Podcast, episode 47, brought to you by us. us. <laughs> Sponsored by us. us. <laughs> Paid for. <laughs> by us. And us and some more us's. So, okay. So, we're talking about, you know, this conditioning of always having to be happy and not able to sit with our emotions is not a human condition by nature. It is something by nurture and by imposition because our kids don't have the same issues that we have to the degree that we have them right you know so it comes from societal things depending on where you're brought up and and then this society in america specifically you know being originated from colonists and puritans and all this stuff there's a lot of perception is more important than reality and you have to perceive yourself as you know be perceived as whatever these things are so what are some of the structures you're talking about that cause some of our issues with being able to actually navigate as a human being our emotions and stuff well, you know, uh, the concept of monogamy, the concept of finding the one, the constant reinforcement of there are so many billion of people on the planet, there is a match for you. Right. You know, 
and then one that once you find the match like that's yours and then you write it out right and then you know you write it out in this prescribed structure as if you do not have any other emotions interests uh investments into people uh you know you don't develop connections with people that technically cross the threshold of being acceptable in the monogamous relationship you know but all of that is basically to serve the institution of marriage where you're supposed to once you find the one it's kind of like the fairy tale right then you just ride it all the way out to and that's your success you know like esther perel talks about why divorces are so hard because they are riddled with the feeling of i mean their divorce is hard right like you 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 live with someone for so long just separating is difficult but then also most people experience the feeling of failure right of achieving that one goal right and that goal means you know is the success of your one relationship right like dan savage says like people's perception without without articulating it is you you marry this person you stick with them and you guys both never have any flaw, never unfaithful, never slept, never met anybody else you've ever liked ever. And then you die the same day together. Success. Right. Success. Anything less than that. Anything less than that is like, you know, free throws. What success rate is like 90% is phenomenal. Right. But you know being in a monogamous marriage anything under 100 is right. is, absolutely. is absolute failure and it's and it's funny because that 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 concept is a feeling it's not a conscious thought because you ask people they will never say that but right. their emotional boundary is that and the you know what you're saying the whole concept of singularity is a trip because it when we are asked questions like what do you want who are you? What is your ideal partner? Did you find the one? You must find the one. And the reality is no other part of our natural life we're singular in. We don't have, what is the one food you want to eat every day for the rest of your life? Well, no, they, people ask, who do, what do you want to be? And you're supposed to choose one right, thing. Right, it's a singular, so it's like, it's, you know, yeah, it all ties into singular things, but we like many foods and depending on our life our diet changes uh depending on our life the type of music but look like like so both you know like what's considered the most important uh in our lives marriage right and how well you do with it right and your career and how well you do with it right uh it and in both of those you're supposed to choose one thing right and be successful with it so you're supposed to choose one person and create a successful marriage with that person. Right. And you're supposed to choose one occupation and, cre- and, and create a successful career through right. that. Forever. Doesn't allow for, you know, I mean, I enjoy baking and I enjoy cutting hair and I'm good at taking care of people. I like creating structures. So I'm a good COO, you know, so it's like it doesn't allow for any of it. But reality is we all have it. You're not even if you're like the best surgeon, that's not all that you want to do. You also maybe want to, you know, I don't know, 
compete in you know in in car racing right. or you you know and maybe you do want to do it professionally or you know like there's a lot right. of things but we like delegate them to maybe hobbies if we have time right. and the funny thing is a lot of times that surgeon may need this racing part of his life or the baking part of his life to be a good surgeon or for right. she to be a good COO and um yeah, it's, it's almost like, you know, this setup of, like, your goal is to become the most massively successful perception, like, perceived person. So, checklists, right? Wife, check. Kids, check. Right. Pick a fence, check. Yeah, college, you college, know, like, check. after school, right. college, all and, of this. And so, the, the, the funny thing is, you know, I was thinking about as you're talking, is, like, so a lot of a lot of us subconsciously look at our our finding the one is it's a check. Once we got them, we stop working on it. We got oh, it. Yeah. We're good. We found them. Now we go back to doing the most important thing that our this society tells career. us yeah. is is you know monetary growth. You know, and so I wonder maybe we should talk. We should t- think about that more when we talk to people like that conditioning of like once you have it. You stop thinking about it because you got it. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, and that that contributes a lot to the marriage getting stale and boring, right. and you know, because it is stale and boring. Because if you don't continuously consider that you have to be growing, and uh, continuously uh, winning over your spouse right. every single day, right. Uh, because you've already won, right? You know, and then and then you're done, and you don't have to keep doing that. That's I'm I'm sure that you know. With I talk to my girlfriends or you know like uh, people, uh, other you know outside of our immediate uh, circle, you know what grinds us and what what disappoints us is that we're being taken for granted, right? And the reason and that's like the the worst feeling in the world, right? Like you can, you know, it's almost like like you can be an asshole but don't take me for granted right, like right. do not like as soon as i feel like being taken for granted it's over like that right. that means you don't value me you don't see me you're not interested in what i'm doing right you know um, i I'm like i'm a piece of furniture yeah and right. that i mean it's that's a big thing and back to the structure of monogamy is once you're you have a very rigid structure that you're supposed to only grow in ways that still fit in that structure. And the reality is it hinders a lot of people's growth because there's even, you can't even have certain conversations about pondering things beyond those walls because that's form of blasphemy and a destruction, a, a destabilization of your foundation. So you're, you're, you can, you're only allowed to speak on so many things but you usually have so many more things that you're thinking about that you can't share. Yeah. And that level of resentment and that level of feeling trapped is what a lot of people are feeling via COVID. <laughs> like you, no matter how you feel about it, you can't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. You know? the feeling of being trapped is, is yeah. one of the worst uh, yeah. feelings. Trapped, feeling uh, being taken for granted, yeah. like that's... Uh, you know, I think that that is one of my biggest reasons as to not being in a monogamous relationship. Right. Whether I act on it in terms of being actively, you know, connected with other people or not. Right. Like that feeling, 
is why I would never be monogamous. Yeah, I mean, in, its, in the transcends sexual, people get so caught up on sexual, it's just about freedom. Freedom to move and to think yeah. and to evolve or digress as your path intends. The problem with the structure of monogamy, especially if it's mandated by assumption, is that the structure trumps any of your personal growth or desires to evolve or change. And it like it, it robs you of intimacy with other people. Right. Like how do you you know, I think that in COVID time, right, where we sit we're sitting around COVID time, right. what is the biggest uh, problem that people experience right. is lack of intimacy. Right. Like literally physical intimacy, right. you know, presence. presence. Yeah. If you're a single person, right. you don't have, even if you're not a single person, lack of intimacy with more than just one person right. all the time, like you feel yeah. it. And, you know, I was talking to someone and they're like, yeah, you know, like I had a kind of a non-monogamous relationship where, you know, I was allowed to like have a close, intimate friend, right. but no sex. And I was like, I never asked like, okay, so what's that intimacy like? Like right. you had intimate conversations. Right. You should be able to have intimate conversations within any structure. Right. Like what do you mean? Someone's going to tell you you cannot have intimate conversations with 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 someone right like that's that that's like you know limiting the amount of air that you can breathe right, right. like well you're only supposed to have like surface conversations like i don't want to have non-intimate conversations right, right it's the culture of, of accepted restriction that that's that relationship it's structure allows to happen insane and once you learn that you know you thrive on having intimate conversations and you start having a a, a form of intimate conversations with everyone right. you can see how much people appreciate that right like i have you know now like zoom right with clients right. half the time they we talk about life right you know and that's all they want to do yeah. and they can feel how nourishing that is yeah people want to be seen people want to be heard uh, people want to be felt yeah so it's it's you know like but but those conversations in the monogamous structure are threatening right and anything that is threatening and that's what one of our rappers says i can't remember but we said there's two core types of the way we love people i love you so much I never yeah. want to hurt you and I won't do I'll do everything I can in my ability to not hurt you including lie to you you know or I love you so much I'm always going to be truthful with you yeah so we're on the same page even if that means we don't end up on the same page because my truth and your truth no longer align but I'm always going to be honest with you because I love you that much I don't ever want to feel that I'm deceiving you of who I really am or not allowing you to be who you yeah. really are you know and one of those don't fit in the box where like, I need you to always be this way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, going back to the quick fix and the feelings of, uh, you know, the difficult feelings, um, you know, when, when like it's, it, it feels like we are actively working against the conditioning where we're supposed to always be happy. Right. We're always supposed to be looking for shortcuts to limit the work that we put into things, right. you know, like it goes into, in my mind, it's almost like 
you know, I personally like processes. Right. I'm convinced that the reason why, one of the big reasons why I like processes is because I grew up like cleaning all right. the time. Like right. all the, cleaning is a process. Same process all the time, takes time. You can't avoid it, you know. I wasn't allowed to take shortcuts. Right. I like processes, you know, it helps me. Um, I don't look for shortcuts in that. Right. But being in a society where, you know, now you have a, uh, you know, a dishwasher, now you have a washer and dryer, which are awesome. Right. You know, but it, it's the, the premise is to limit the hard work. Right. And when right. we grow up with the, with the goal of limiting the hard work and finding smart, so to speak, ways right. of eliminating hard work, a byproduct, I think, is eliminating the habit of putting hard work into things and not getting an instant result. Right, the ability of, of being um, long-term minded and knowing that it may take longer to get to where you and go. And the at. process is not always uh, not always pleasant. Right. You know, and finding pleasure in understanding that this is what I have to do, therefore I will do it and find a way to experience, to enjoy it. Right. Like Aaron's a master of it. Right. You know, he's learned how to enjoy doing the dishes. He's right. not, he consciously chooses to find a way to enjoy what he's doing. Right. Because otherwise he hates feeling unhappy. Right. And so he will, instead of finding a way out of a task, right. which he tries to do in his you know, right. own, own ways, but in general, he will find a way to enjoy the task. Right. And oh. that's being happy. Like yeah. that, to me, like if we're talking about, you know, the prescribed need to be happy, right. like that's the happy, right. you know? Well, that's, that's the, that we, we call a root happy, inside out. Yeah. Like my root happy so anything that's happening on the outside i'm going to find a way to paint with my inner root of happiness on these circumstances because yeah. i can't control all the circumstances right. i can only control how i how i interact with them right. where the other way is reverse like i want to be happy so i need material things and structures and things to make it easy for me to perceive this right. this instant token this pill this uh roomba this you know and the, like we we're, were talking about the other day, the culture of convenience, like how yeah, America exactly. really started in a certain time where the whole goal was to have to do the least amount of things hard as possible. Right. Like, you know, least amount of work, you know, we have remotes for everything. Now it's on our phone. We don't have to walk to the TV to turn the channel. We don't have to go anywhere to do things we have. And there's super good benefits to that. Yep. But there's obviously detriments to that, too, because like you're saying, the culture of patience the culture of hard work yeah the, the expectancy of this culture of things being instant yeah you know the instant thing is like where oh i feel triggered i feel scared i feel jealous mm -hmm. i feel unsettled let i need a quick fix right let me go find a date tonight on okcupid okay yeah. let me let me blast my my partner right. for the shit that i don't like for them yeah you know um yeah, I mean, that's true, and it permeates through all parts of our lives. And so we're talking about this in a relationship terms, but the reality is in all relationships, we have these issues. If you have a problem where you can't, you don't feel uh, calm and discomfort, and you look to find quick fixes, look throughout all of parts of our lives. I bet 
yeah. we do that everywhere yeah. in work if we don't like to be in uncomfortable conversations or debates or arguments with you know co-workers peers or boss we find ways to get out of that as soon as possible either just by you know not saying anything yeah friendships yeah. family yeah. like you think of a lot as parents like a lot of us um, you know we struggle with it every now and then we just try to power through it where there's certain conversations we need to have with our kids that we're just like ah, I just don't want to have it you know if it makes us feel a certain way uncomfortable or we perceive they'll be uncomfortable um, and so we have the feeling of like what's the alternative like what's the quick fix I just like oh you know they'll be fine or they'll get over yeah. it you know and sometimes that's true other times like no we actually have to bring this up because if we don't talk about this yeah internally it's gonna fester and it's gonna come out passive-aggressive like we we're yeah. talking about you know with you know our son and his relationship with the friend woman in his life it's yeah. like there are certain things that are starting to get a little loose you know as far as you know cleanliness of the house right. so to speak. <laughs> and it's like ah it's kind of I don't want to talk about it because he's everything's so happy they're such a genuinely good people for us and them but if you don't talk about it, right. it's gonna fester, yeah. and it's gonna become something that now leaks on, on yeah. the situation. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's no, and then you know, like to wrap it up, you know, I was also thinking like uh, another big contributor to this whole freak out about unpleasant feelings is that I think our norm mm -hmm. um, is to feel happy, right? Right. We gravitate to feel to towards feeling happy. Uh, we are taught that feeling happy is the definition of success. Right. But reality is like some days we are high, right. some days we're low, some days we're in between, and all of those are normal. Right, and they make up the whole diversity of color of emotion, which yeah. makes for richness of life. Yeah. A life where you're always happy and everything goes your way is a dull life. I mean, it reminds me of my one week of trying to go on the pill. Right. She, like, the second that, you know, like, I don't know, day two or three, I started to feel like my emotions flatlined. Right. Like, flatlined in a pretty happy territory. Right. But I didn't feel fluctuations. Right. Like right. it was literally like a flat line. And it's just my body is like, you know, has blessed me with the ability to feel everything that goes on in right. it, like super closely. So I'm like, day three or four, I'm like, I, this is not normal. Yeah. Like it's comfortable because you don't feel super highs, you don't feel super lows. Right. Like who wouldn't want that? But it's highly unhuman like we're inhuman right. like it's not it, it it made me feel like a robot and i'm like yeah i don't want that yeah and just being numb i mean and that's another part of the culture of convenience right everybody wants to have the success of a steph curry or pick anybody who's worked hard and achieved but they don't want to work that hard right they don't want to deal with like they want the feeling of steph curry making that game-winning shot but not the feeling of Steph Curry blowing the game-winning shot. Yeah. <laughs> you know? or, or the hundreds of hours of, you know, hard work or him, like, breaking, you know, his habits of right. bad shots. Relearning and, and shit. Relearning and, yeah, stuff being told and you're then, not good enough, you're not right. tall enough. Like, that's the thing is we have, with the culture of convenience, the, the, the real challenge and tragedy is the desire to skip steps. The want the success 
the want the want people to perceive you as further than you are in reality but because you don't want to do the work to do that you want to be perceived as more spiritual than you really are you want to be perceived as more happy than where you really are you want to be perceived as more you know whatever because you think that perception is going to somehow jumpstart your inners right. which is like what that. we're told yeah you know that's the whole fake it till you make it thing right and just the skip the skipping those steps of like if you want this level of of success within yourself within your relationships or whatever like we talk about relationship terms like some people have you know uh golden state warriors team chemistry desires for their marriage with like a pickup game at the community center work ethic yeah like if you don't work at it you're not gonna get better at it yeah but people like well i don't i still want to be better at it so when we go out with, with other friends and family, we pr- put on this perception that our family's great, the kids are in college, little Becky's playing baseball, you know, everything's good. And think that that's the only work that we need to do is the work of the makeup to make us look like whatever. And back to the, uh, the colors and the only feeling one way, like if we only had sunshine all day and night with never sunsets or darkness or yeah. rain or snow, this we will be looking for some other form of something else yeah as a painter if we only had bright colors you know with no ability for contrast or shadow the art would be flat be flat music the same thing we yeah. need we need dissonance you can't watch a movie where the whole movie is always happy and easy going that just will kill you you need dissonance you need the heights you need the lows to appreciate the heights you need yeah. all these things like that but yet you know, in this society, we're taught, like you're saying, this is the one you need. And, I, and I'm and i wondering if, I'll, you know, if it's because if they're happy, they stop searching for why they're not happy and just go to work and become more productive. Citizens I mean, for it's, companies, you know, I mean, and, I don't, and, and I don't, consumers. right. I don't read like, you know, conspiracy theories. Right. I don't read those books, but it's a lot easier to manage a society where everyone's happy. Right. But again, you know, creating a society where everyone is genuinely happy is a lot different than giving everybody a pill. Right. You know, so. Yeah, it just seems. It seems like you know, um, you know, the hyper capitalism steroids we're on in America. It's like, you know what? All we want is our people to be consumers, and to be producers in this cog. Right. So. Everything else should be irrelevant. Like, let's just get them, check all those lists off and get them to where they're back shopping and back at work as soon as possible. Right. I mean, the dichotomy of the the stock market is at its record high with the record high of unemployment in the country. Like, how do you, you know, like, how do you reconcile that? Yeah. And that's, you know, like the... It's insane. Without veering too much off the path, like, why do you think that is? Because you have more knowledge in that realm than I do. Why do we, I literally have this feeling that, well, the rich are getting richer. Right. The technology that was created is now being used at such a rate. Right. That we all use Amazon. Like, what right. are you going to use now? Go shopping? Right. You're not. Right. So right. Amazon's getting richer. Right. Social media platforms are getting richer because right. everyone's on them. Right. Everyone is using technology. Right. 
and that's what's driving the stock market because they literally are more profitable now than before right and then you get this sect of billionaires that has kicked up crazy high through this like like uh zuckerberg is worth a hundred billion dollars right right while we are we as in you know the government struggling to figure out how to continue extra unemployment benefit to people that cannot work because of covid right so i mean you know easy you fucking tax them right take their like extra f- tax right take take their extra 50 billion dollars and pay for everyone's unemployment right. like how has that not happened right you know, and I'm gonna be blamed for being extreme. I'm not. I'm. I'm not even extreme at all. Right. It just makes zero sense that there will be ten people or a hundred people in the country that double their wealth that was already extremely wealthy. Right. And then you have, you know, like the millions crumbles, of right. right. And and it just makes no sense. But that's what we have. Right. And right. that's why we all have to vote. Right. That's crazy. So, yeah, it's imperfect. Once again, we'll t- you know, we, 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 we tend to try to gravitate to all or nones. I, it's either all good or fuck it, right? Okay. And there's nuance. There's no one emotion that is the emotion you should have. Yeah. There is no one passion that should be the passion you should have. There's a range of them. Mm. And all of the things that, even the things that we love, the people that we love, there is reasons we love them and there's reasons that we just that are not our favorite parts of the person. But we don't throw the person away because they're not always how we want them to be. I don't have unfavorite parts of you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean your teeth are kind of crooked. Yeah. <laughs> if I left the room and it was like give her a little bit of herb, uh, some kibasi, and she'd be like, Let me tell you. <laughs> voice would get high and just get pitchy. But but that's the thing, is like in this, you know, just not getting too political, but you know, in this climate where, you know, we have Trump and we have Biden and Kamala and it's like, like, people are so absolute. These people are horrible. They've done this, fuck them. Well, but then that, what does that leave you? Well, I don't care because, and it's like, dude, everybody that we deal with has shit we don't like. Uh, everybody who deals with the game of politics has more. Has more. Because they have their horse trading. There's a certain pedigree that you have to be to kind of be in that space, for better or for worse. You know, as much as we know there's so much fucked up shit that built this country, you know, we're still here, though, not leaving the country. A lot of my folks who are on social media who are really shining light for better on the bullshit that's going on, they're doing it on social media on the tech devices that are you know so it's right. like yeah. it's not saying they're wrong because they're doing it on social media it's just a nuance like while we are fighting injustice we have to also accept that part of what we do perpetuates some of it because we're living in this society too yeah um and the nuance of it really ties into what we're talking about is this we need to have we're not just good or bad we're not just happy or sad. We have, we are who we are due to the range of thoughts, feelings, and emotions we have. Yeah. And any given time, even when we're 
fucking pissed out of our mind, angry, or uh, hurt out of our body, there are still other feelings and emotions and thoughts inside of our body if we allow ourselves to hear it. And that is, you know, our ultimate goal is to be able to be as, to not numb our feelings where we don't ever feel pain. Like we want to be able to feel the pain because that's the richness of the ride. You know, um, there's no way to invest in someone that you care about that you think would be a great person to build with long term and be shut off from her. You have to, you have to be in to get the riches of the love of the joy of the growth of the understanding so you're vulnerable but the goal is to not ever not be vulnerable because it hurts too much when you when things don't go right it's just to be able to understand that that's a part of what we like about things i mean a big part of what we like about a lot of the things that we do and who we are is that things end you know like you go to a concert and it's over, but you have the memories. If it lasted forever and it was always available to you, it would mean right. way less much. Yeah, but that's not how we feel about relationships. That's not how we perceive we right. feel about them. But no. clearly, but as people who are in marriages that are always there, the person's always home, they're not excited about it anymore. Yeah, but you give them an option of that person going out and all of a sudden it'd be like, oh no, I'd rather right. he stay at home. But as we know, right. that reason is fear-based. Right. Although we know, you know, you want to have your husband or your wife appreciate you more, go out or and have them go out. There's nothing there's nothing that jump starts uh, a passion and an aliveness than vulnerability. Yeah. Then knowing that, oh shit, I don't own this person. At any given time, they can go out and find someone that may be the antithesis of me. Shit, I'm like, whoa! I'm, and all of a sudden, you start thinking right. about like, damn, they could be gone. Oh shit! Maybe I should naturally want to spend more time with them. Now, all of a sudden, I really appreciate their booty more or their skin more. Maybe I do want to take them out more. But when that when that's never even an option, it's like, well, no matter what I do, they're gonna be here. And it's just like, mm, you know, and that's like with anything. Um, we are we are conditioned to like change and variety and contrast but we're also conditioned to just want security and comfort and yep. unfortunately security and comfort tends to trump you know like we want those Steph Curry things but we don't want to take the risk of doing that right we want to have the freedom of someone who has their own business who can travel around and work their own schedule but we don't want to take the risk of starting our own business and investing in our own company there's no security in that mm -hmm. so therefore i'm just going to stay at this job which is like it's not the best not the worst i know it's going to be here every day it doesn't make me the happiest but i know it'll be there you know and that's the shit yeah so we about that nuance allow yourself to be plural know that no matter how you're feeling about something there are other parts of you that are feeling differently about yeah, it yeah i always like when i'm at the worst like at the lowest i'm like okay is this gonna kill you right <laughs> like what's the worst right, that can right. happen are you gonna die right not gonna die you know from experience the feeling's gonna change every day every hour it gets better whatever like if you work on it right 
And then, like, that's how I personally do it. I literally, I mean, there are times when I'm like, okay, you're going to die. Right. Is this going to kill right. you? You need the, 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 the contrasting <laughs> perspective. I mean, for me, you know, I've created what I call the council in my head, which is different personalities that represent different parts of who I am. Like the wisdom person, the protective mom person, the super nervous anal guy, the inner child kid guy. And so whenever I'm feeling something, I go, who is that that's feeling that? Right. And go and validate that and then go, okay, now how are you feeling? How's my inner child feeling about this? How is my wisdom feeling about this? How is this person? And so that way, what it does, it, it A, includes that painful feeling into the decision-making process, but does not allow that feeling to be the whole process. By just committee in general, you, we have to hear from each person. And by the time you get back around to that person, your whole being is now balanced because you see that there are other parts of you, which doesn't make it the feeling go away it just makes you more perspective right. like okay i know and more manageable yeah i know that this situation right now is driving me fucking nuts but i also know that i still need to do what i need to do and at the end of the day it's not good this thing is not gonna doesn't rule my world this could be sucking but i'm still breathing air i still have my wife and kids i still have food i still have shelter yeah. i still have love and accolades coming from me like let me not forsake all of that because of right. this one thing that's driving me nuts right you know so it's having that perspective and so that's what it is this is i don't know what we're going to call this episode but this is Are the episode done? because i had more things but i know but you got, i guess it's going to be the next episode yeah you know we're trying to you know give them a little bit enough to chew on and back on so you know i'll, I'll come up with a cool title but the nuance of it all is kind of neat um, this is episode 47, Tianbuku 1 here. And uh, I'm Yula. Yep. She's like that. <laughs> and, um, I yeah. had to think about it for a minute. <laughs> I have not changed my name. Yeah, so we're here. We're back at it. We're still here living and breathing. We're not doing podcasts every second or every month. But we do them, and we're here, and we love to hear from you guys. So if you're listening to this, rate it, make a comment, ask us a question, um, engage, interact. You know, we are not closed yeah. books. Um, It'd just, be awesome to hear some questions. Mm-hmm. Because so. what else are you doing? Right. You got time. You got time. Email us. Instagram. Right. Yep. All of it. Text. Whatever you have that yeah. you have access to us, it's cool. But we have to warn you, we are not a pill. No. There is no quick fix. So if you come to us... Come, you will get love, you will get nourished, you'll get, uh, you'll feel like the space for you is there for you to share anything you want. But the solution is in the roots and in the root work, and we're gonna take you, that's where we're gonna go. We're gonna ask you questions about some other shit to get to where we wanna go. So, appreciate you guys. We'll continue. Stay safe, uh, stay mindful, stay present. The Black Christian Podcast, episode 47. All music today is brought to you by Dennis Brown. Scene. You will get nowhere if you don't act fair. You will get nowhere, no Said you will get 